Thank you for joining in on the Remnant Podcast. I am your host, Jackie Wade, and it is a new year. Happy New Year to all of the followers here at the Remnant Podcast. I pray that God, His grace and His mercy will continue to cover us as we know that He is a faithful God. I pray that you will have a prosperous and healthy new year as we embark on a new day in the Lord. Tonight, I want to come from a topic based on our series called Who Am I? And the name of this topic is why it's important to know your identity in Christ, why it's important to know your identity in Christ. And before we start tonight, I do want to have a word of prayer. And at the end, of course, we always will um, do the prayer of salvation. So um, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you tonight, God, and we give you praise. Lord, we thank you for another day, another year that you've allowed us to see. Father, we don't take for granted what you are doing in our life. And so, Father, as we uh, listen on tonight, as we talk about the word of God that you've given me, Lord God, we pray for each person that will join in, that will hear right now or listen later. God, that you will enlighten their understanding, open their minds to understand what you have called them to be for your kingdom, for your glory. Father, that you would be lifted up and then you would draw men unto yourself. So we thank you for each listener, God. We thank you for their families. Father, we pray for our country, our nations, Lord God. And Lord, we ask that you will continue to lead and guide us as we bow down to you, Father. We know that it is only um, that we can make it by your will and by your way. And so we thank you for leading and guiding our officials, leading and guiding those that are in government, those that are in politics that will uh, turn from their wicked way and turn unto you. We thank you, Lord for healing, for healing is the children's bread. And Lord, even though we have met, we have been through, many of us have may have experienced loss. God, we thank you for keeping us, keeping us another day that we could do what you've called us to do. And Lord, we lay every burden, every care, every, every situation, we cast it at your feet now for you care for us best. And we thank you. We thank you for giving us another day that we could bring glory and give you glory out of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so tonight we're going to talk about why it's important to know your identity in Christ. I want to start out first by saying a lot of times we hear people talk about um, being authentic and, and being transparent today. And nobody really is more transparent than the Lord Jesus Christ. He was transparent about everything that he did as he went to accomplish his mission. And he also was um, he is still transparent on what he intends for his people. And so. When we look at this topic, we see here um, the one of the key words is important in identity and most of all in Christ. Why it's important to know your identity in Christ. And this is what we need to let others see. We need to let them see that that being authentic, being transparent, it's okay um, to to allow people uh, to know specific things that, that that can that can strengthen them that can enlighten them that can help them because we're the body of Christ right this isn't a competition but this, we are the body of Christ and then we have to remember that faith is not a result of any political persuasion but faith is a personal encounter 
with Jesus Christ. In order for us to understand faith and, and how it how we can experience it fully, we have to be true to ourselves and allow ourselves to walk in faith so that God can enlighten us, so he can allow us to see that this thing we call faith is really real. And it's important to know who we really are in order to be authentic rather than allow uh, our culture, you know, whether that's where we grew up at, whether we're from um, a specific area of the world, we need to not allow those things to stereotype us. We need to understand why we are different and what those differences are. And most of all, it is okay to be different. I'm not saying that we need to be weird or eccentric, but I'm saying that we have to get to a place where we are okay with knowing that it's okay to be different. And why you say, why? Why is it okay? Because the Bible states that God has fearfully and wonderfully made each and every one of us. So if we don't embrace who we are, basically we're, we're slapping God in the face and we're saying, you haven't created us to be fearfully. You haven't created us to be wonderfully. And so with things that go on in the world today, it makes it difficult for others who don't know him. It makes it difficult because what happens is now you start to define yourself by social media. You start to define yourself by your cultural um, establishments, what they say you should be, how they say you should achieve, what they say you should become. Instead of first and foremost, looking unto God, who is your creator and what he said that you should be and what you were created to do. I'm really mindful of this as I speak, even with my children over the years, I've always um, encouraged them to do well and to achieve, you know, things in life. But since I've really developed an understanding myself in this area, I now really push them to identifying what has God called you to do? Because although you may chase all of these other dreams and there's nothing wrong with being educated, there's nothing wrong with being financially stable because that's what he want. But truthfully, he want us to be in a place of leadership where we can impact the world with his agendas, with his ideas and with his values and his way. And so when we do everything, how should I say, opposite of that, a lot of times it can become uh, counterproductive. We find ourselves, you know, going to college and, and going after a career, but truthfully, did God call us to that? So it starts really with us helping our young people identify, identifying who they're, who they are. And if you notice in the world today, a lot of our young people are struggling with identity crisis. If we really look at social media and the things that are impacted us, it's not really impacting many of us that are upper age, you know, 40 and over. It's impacting our young children throughout those years up until the 20, 30, sometimes up to 40, sometimes past 40, if you really have not found yourself. And so we have to take and be mindful that we have to really move to helping our young people identify who they are in Christ. It's very important. It's important for us and it's important to them because they're the next generation of leaders. And like I stated, if you don't know who you are, a lot of times you'll become intimidated You'll feel insignificant. And then you're you're swirling through this, this manic media-driven era. And then the last thing is you forget who you are. 
you actually start to forget who you are. But as believers, as people of God, that's why we have to be in our rightful place so we can now infiltrate the world, so we can now teach our younger individuals the importance of knowing who you are in Christ. As believers, we have been adopted into the family of Christ. As believers, we have literally um, been adopted into the family of Christ. We read here in Romans 8, 15 through 16. It says the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you've brought, brought upon about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself testified with our spirit that we are God's children. And so we need to remember that when we give our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ, we were transferred over from one foundation of the world to another in the spiritual sense. <clears throat> and now we are children of God. But what does that say? So many times we give our hearts to Christ, but we're still trying to find ourselves. We're still trying to identify God. Who have you called me to be? What have you called me to do? What is my purpose in life? And so tonight we want to touch on those topics. Tonight we want to go over some things that God has said about you and your identity. And when we power, when we couple these things together, we, we get a peace. We get an understanding. We realize that power coupled with peace brings about understanding and what God says about who you and I are in Christ. A person who knows who they are won't take what people say or accept it. They won't accept that. They won't take that. How many times have I been told, well, we thank you for, you know, on the interview, we thank you for coming in, but we don't know if this position is for you. If I would accept that, as the final saying, and not continue to try, I'll probably never be where I am today. I have named myself in different positions I've held in life, different, um, you know, uh, jobs that I've held. Um, I've named myself, whether that was in sales, I named myself high seller because that's who I'm going to be. I'm going to say what it is that I'm going to have, and I'm going to have what I say. And so as our uh, last series says, your voice matters. What you put out in the atmosphere is very important. So when someone says something about you, you have to counteract that. No. And that is why it's important to know the word of God. That is why it's important to speak over your life and say what God says about who you are. Okay. When we are able to do that, it makes us aware of who we are. And know that whatever another person says isn't a definition of who you are. It's the only thing that is going to matter is your opinion of yourself. At the end of the day, that is what's going to matter, not what they say. And so our integrity is what we find people base us by. That's what they look at. You know, we could say we're a whole lot of things. We could say, um, you know, I'm this and I'm that. But we have to remember that our integrity and you believe me in this world, you will be talked about, you will be lied on, you will be criticized, 
You will be ostracized. You, you, you know, you will be persecuted. Look, if Jesus went through those things, we got to remember as his children, we, we, we're, we're going to take on, we're going to have to walk through some of those things, but it does not come without a reward. And so when we go to go through those things, we have to remember that greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. And sometimes we don't always have to, you know, retaliate word for word. All you need to do is walk, live it out. Let your walk be your light. And most of all, let God get the glory. But knowing who you are helps you to realize the value you have to yourself and to the society. You know, a lot of times we go into places and we, um, we people may not think or feel that you bring a significant value, but you have to know that you bring a value. You have to know that you are important because no one is always, no, you're never ever going to always get a pat on the back. And when you don't get the pat on the back, then what? Do you stop? Do you walk away? Right? Do you say, Lord, this isn't working? No, you have to know your identity in Christ. You have to know what he has said about you. And so you learn about the essence of taking advantage of opportunities that can help you succeed. My pastor was just preaching on this. Seize the moment. There is a time in life. And I'll never forget when I was um, in sales and um, my managing partner at the time, he told me something. He said, I, he said, what is your biggest, what is the biggest goal you want to accomplish? And I said, well, I want to buy a house. He said, buy it. And when he said it, I seized the moment. I took his words. I pulled them out the atmosphere. I walked away. And that's all I thought about was I'm going to buy my house. Whether I'm at this, in this position for a year, 10 years or 20 years, the one goal that I will walk away from is that I will purchase my home. But not only did I seize the moment, I was listening for that moment. I had prepared myself. I had already started to accomplish some things based on the word of God. He was saying we need uh, women that may be a minority to become our top seller. So I was like, okay, number one goal, I'm going to become the top seller in the office. I will have my plaque on the wall. I started working towards those achievements. The following month, my name was on that wall, the highest seller, African-American. And so I ran with that. And I, I seized the moment and I took an opportunity and I prayed and I asked the Lord, okay, how do I do this? Okay. It wasn't so much about being in sales more than it was educate my people. He gave me a specific strategy and he told me when you educate these people, there will be no barrier. All you have to do is educate them and they're going to come to you. And I promise you on today. Every last person that I've ever had, I've it will always sent to me. God was faithful to his promise. But we have to be mindful and take advantage of the opportunity. We have to know who we are, right? And I'm using myself as an example as the first portion of this podcast today and being authentic and being transparent, okay? So at the age of 12, I served as the adult Bible school secretary. At the age of 12, God had started to help me to identify my gifts in the field of administration. Not only was I serving in the capacity as the adult Sunday school secretary, I was learning 
on an adult level. So I wasn't getting what the children in the children's Sunday school were getting. I was getting another revelation of God's word at, at an adult level. Who would have known I would have needed that to carry me throughout life? Who would have known that when I was in bad situations, that word that was embedded in me at 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 years old was being deposited in me and God was honing in on my gift for his glory. And so today I say, what gifts do you have? What things have God shown you at an early age? What things have, have you seen in your grandchildren and your children that God is showing you to help them hone in on and develop? Because it's not just about us developing, but it's about us now going back and developing the people of God. So we have to know who we are. We have to take advantage of those opportunities. And lastly, knowing who you are as an individual helps you to remember how you started. See, I've never took, took taken for granted that I was a 12-year-old Sunday school secretary who would sit later with many VIPs, many CEOs, many chairmen and deans of institutions in the sitting boardrooms and conference rooms and hear information. I would have never really understood who I was if God hadn't dealt and shown me at a young age. And one thing that I was always confident is in this one thing that God, if you begin a work in me, you're faithful to complete it. So every position I ever held, whether it was hard at the beginning, I knew that by the end, I was going to be the very best. And when I left, every resignation that I left from, they did not want me to leave. It wasn't because of who I was and how wonderful I was. It was because I never forget, forgot where I started. And I started as a 12-year-old Sunday school secretary. And I gave God honor for that. Lord, you allowed me to start at 12 and at 20 and at 30 and at 40 and at 50 and in these years, 60, as I will continue to live, God is still going to use me in that capacity because I, I will never, ever forget. And then you learn not to take anything for granted. You learn that if you type, I'm using myself. So in the, the gift of administration and organization and business and, and being able to go into a, a facility and operations and see what's missing, what's lacking, what's broken, to be able to go and walk in and sometimes not even have a full picture, but the gift of God will tell me, oh, this is missing and that is missing and we they need a this type of programming. So when I remember not to take nothing for granted, see? God is always with us. And since these things could change at any point in time, you have to always stay humble. You have to always identify that God, you you fearfully and wonderfully created me. And that's just one thing that I'm touching on tonight as an example, because there's so many things that when you're obedient to the call and the will of God, when you're obedient to giving your heart to Christ and he starts to take you down this path, your identity in him is clear. People can say some things and do some things, but you already know and God knows. And when you and God are in sync, that's the beauty of it all. Knowing your God-given identity gives you validation and it increases your faith. So when I went to different places and I work and I will have these positions and, and these high-level uh, capacity positions, I knew who I was. God had validated me 
as a 12 year old, when my deacon pulled me out of a children's Sunday school to say to, to my Sunday school teacher, who can we use? Cause our Sunday school secretary is out. She said, take Jack, Jackie, because Jackie takes good notes. She takes notes while she's here just studying. See, I was doing something when I was in a Sunday school that my leader at the time identified, but I was really trying to learn all of the scriptures because back then you had to learn all the books of the Bible. See, it, for for Easter programs, we would get up and do all 66 books of the Bible, right? And I was learning these scriptures and I was writing them down. And she said, you take very good notes. She identifies something. And that's why we can't, we can't despise small beginnings. We have to be very mindful of what children are doing early in age in their youth, because what they're doing early in their age will help you to identify, you know what, let me help this person. We don't always need to go by age. When we start to really look at, and this is something that the Holy Spirit is dropping. This is off of what I've even thought about tonight. But when we start to really look at, oh, we won't do this outside of this age group, we put a limit on God because God is using our young people at whatever age he chooses to use them. But when we limit them, we limit his ability because we were created to please him. We were created to bless his people with what he has given us. So who are we? Who are we? To say, no, I'm not going to let this five-year-old boy uh, get on the stage and, and act when he has the capacity to remember pages and pages of literature that a 50-year-old is not able to do. We have limited God, and we need to be mindful of that. And that dropped from the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. So when you know that God validates you, you're no longer worried about your performance. This is another aspect. We are too worried today as people of God. Oh, how am I going to perform? And don't get me wrong. We should have some fear about how we present God to the world. We should have some level of respect and, and, and honor on how we present God to the world. And I mean this in all capacities, how we dress, how we talk, how we walk in front of people, how we're living. Are we perfect? No, but there's just some things that we know that we need to do better at as people of God. And if this offend you, this is just coming from the Lord. But we, as the people of God, have to do better. We have to rise up. We have to set a standard so people will know the God that we serve. He is a holy God. He is a righteous God. He's not any old God. He's not a fake God. He's the God that blesses the just and the unjust. He is a God that feeds the birds in the air and feed you and I. So why wouldn't we reverence him in all that we do? But when we start to now get worried about our performance, oh Lord, how am I going to look? How am I? Listen, if I had it all together, I would have never walked out what God told had for me to do. If I had to be a, a size six and, and had the smallest face and the longest hair, I would never walk out what God called me to do. But when you are serious about the things of God, and when you have gotten to a point in the Lord to know who you are and his spiritual, his, his spirit rests on you and the obedience is more honorable unto you than what you feel about yourself you submit 
That's called spiritual maturity. You submit and you stop worrying about your performance. Because at the end of the day, if God's spirit is not doing the work, we miss the mark. It's about him, not about us. And so you know that you're already equipped to do what God is calling you to do, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. And you have faith that he will do the work through you. Now, I quickly learned that, in fact, I didn't know who I was at one point in time. I didn't know the truth of who I was as God's daughter. In fact, I was experiencing identity theft because I was choosing to believe the lies of the enemy. I was choosing to believe um, that I needed to have, you know, look a certain way or do certain things or have certain things to feel like that was my identity. I was doing things and, and, and trying to achieve things that I never even counseled God about. I never got direction about. And so I was living out identity theft. You see, see, the enemy comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And he comes for your identity too. So I believe that destroying our identity is actually his starting point. Because if he can get you to believe the lies in your mind about your identity, and that that what he is given is contrary to the word of God. See, he'll say stuff like, You're not good enough. You 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 can't you can't speak eloquently enough in front of a large group. Um who are you? You're not a PhD. You're not a, a doctor. How are you going to present education? I remember at one time I had to present training materials to physicians, to leaders, you know, in a hospital hospital facility. And, and I was like, Lord, how are you going to use me? I don't have a PhD. And, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm working towards those things, but I don't have that. And, and, and I said, you know, devil, you are a liar. This was even as a believer. In my own office, before I had to go and speak in front of them, I had to denounce that thought. And I had to take on the identity that God said I am. I could do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. I will not believe that lie. And I was able to accomplish that mission and accomplish it strong. Glory be to God. He'll tell you, you're not qualified. You'll never be accepted. You can't change. That's just how you are. And so, so many times you find people, they always want to be part of something. You know, when you find individuals that always want to be part of, are you that individual? Actually, let me ask that question to you. Ask yourself today. Are you that individual you find yourself? I always got to be part of. I always feel like I got to be in the in crowd. I always got to be connected to the leader. I always feel like if I'm not in this, in the top 10 and the top tier and the top group, then I'm not, I'm not validated. What validates you? What lies are you allowing to steal you away from your God-given identity? You find people in college. That's the first thing. They join a sorority. They join a fraternity. And I'm not saying those things are bad because they, they are set up to do beautiful things for the community. But have you joined it for the right reason? Have you joined uh, uh, some of these groups and some of these things? Have, have, do you want to be identified by colors, by a, a sorority? By a fraternity, 
just because you believe that later in life, that's going to get you the position that, yeah, it may get you in the position, but will it keep you in the position? Also, will you have the mentality and the gift and the, the ability to stay in a position? Because you can get it and do horrible. You know how many people was given things because they were attached to a sorority and a, firm, a fraternity only because that gave them identity, that made them feel powerful, that made them feel like, oh, you, I'm untouchable. Are you really? Or have you, uh, have you grasped onto that because that make you feel more of? I thank God for delivering me from people. I thank God for being able to help me to walk alone. And I can walk in a group and I can walk alone. I thank God for that. Because that's not something that everyone is able to do. You may be able to do it. I may be able to do it. But I had to learn how to separate myself and be okay with being separated. So. I want to talk to now about the power of knowing your God-given identity. Knowing your God-given identity gives you confidence, it gives you self-esteem, and it gives you awareness. Knowing who you are and whose you are changes everything. See, if you knew that you were fearfully and wonderfully made, according to Psalms 139 and 14, that would change the way you look at yourself. It would change how you view yourself. If you knew that your body was a temple, according to 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, then maybe that would influence you how you treat it. If you knew, if you was aware of that, of how God said you are royalty, according to 1 Peter 2 and 9, would you start? boldly reigning as God's son or daughter, what would happen and what would you do if you knew that your identity was based on how God views you? What would happen? Knowing your God-given identity, like I stated, it gives you validation and it increases your faith. When you know that God validates you, you're no longer worried about your performance you know that you're already equipped to do what God is calling you to do, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. And you have faith that he will do the work through you. Going all the days, see, going all, going all are the days that what other people think or even what you think about yourself. You have to get to a point where you block it. You got to get to a point that you stand on the word of God and you know what God has said about you. Yes, will you have flaws? Will you have situations? Will you need this continually to work? Of course, we will never be perfect, but we work and we strive towards the mark of the high prize. And so we have to know that our faith and hope are no longer based on what you think or what others say, but what God is saying. And the truth is that until you know who and whose you are, you're going to have a hard time fully understanding why he created you. You're going to have a hard time understanding your purpose. Your identity and your purpose, they go hand in hand. Your identity is comprised of your gifts, your talents, your education, your passions, your upbringing, and so much more. Knowing your God-given identity, it puts you in a better position to understand your purpose. And all of these factors 
serve as supporting roles and tools in your purpose. Knowing your God-given identity helps you better understand how they all fit together. And it'll help you understand what role they will play in your purpose and assignment. So what mindset shift do you need to have in order to know and understand your God-given identity? I mean, there's people go to, uh, they become mentors and they become coaches and and you have thousands of videos and trainings on understanding your god-given identity you have thousands of videos and trainings on uncovering your purposes and all of that the all of these things although it provides a lot of information you have your exercises and your homeworks and it guides you along the way which are all great don't get me wrong they are all wonderful but it is not going to be until you go to God and seek his word. You have to seek his word. You have to know his word and what he says about you. And that's when you're going to truly understand this part of this series titled, Who Am I? Because what it will take may be all of that, but it will definitely take faith to step out into the unknown and do what he is calling you to do. It took faith for me to step out when I was in my 20s and and I was hired. I was working in one capacity, but then I was offered a a position for a department head and I, I was young. And I was like, me as a department head assistant to this woman that's running all these different departments at my age? But God did it. And I stepped out on faith and I said, well, God, if they presented the job for me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. So it takes faith. You could take all the courses you want. You could take all the trainers you want. But one thing I've learned with all of that, you need his anointing. If God doesn't ordain it, if God doesn't stamp and put approved on it, you may get there. But will it keep you there? And one thing I've always asked the Lord, and I want you to do this with me tonight. Whatever you set your mind to do and heart to do, ask God to approve it. If he doesn't approve it, don't do it. Because you want to have his approval. When he approves it, it lasts. When when he approves it, you'll have longevity. If that's however long he says. When he approves it, there will be increase. Because his will and his purpose is that you prosper in all things. And so when he gives the approval, it will touch the lives of others. It will make a difference. And people will know that you are the answer to a solution because he sent you. So because it'll take all of this and it's definitely going to take our faith. I like to say like Nike and this, I'm dating myself. However, Nike had a saying at one time, just do it. Just do it. Sometimes as people of God, we go through all of these things in our head. Oh, I got to have this and I got to do that. And I got to just do it. Like, yes, get to know who you are. Be authentic with yourself first. Then you can be authentic with others. Embrace yourself. And yes, with all of your flaws, embrace who you are. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't work on being better. Like I said, yes, we all have to work on being better. But we have to move. You have to do something. You have to shift. You have to be active. 
And so with that, I say, let's go. Let's go. And let's go. And sometimes those who are Christians, they're not growing by up to be spiritually mature. Yes, I'm going to say it again. Some of us are not growing to be spiritually mature. And that is something we have to pray for. That is something we have to work at. That is something we have to put time in. You have to fast. You have to pray. You have to spend time alone with God. We can't be so intrigued with everything and everyone and and just busy where we're not hearing from God. Because God is constantly wanting to develop us. He's constantly, constantly wanting to do something new in our lives. But we can get stagnant. We can get complacent. We could choose, oh, I don't want to do this. Yes, I've been here too. There's things I just didn't want or don't want to do. But I have to come against that spirit and say, you know what? I choose to be obedient, God. I choose to be obedient to you because that's where your blessing lies. That's where my blessing lies, in the obedience, not in the gift, not in the ability, not in having it all together, not looking apart. Not talking the part in the obedience, because when you're obedient to God, he fixes all the other stuff that we are lacking. Because guess what? He gets the glory. And so how do we do this? How do we mature spiritually, spiritually so our identity in Christ can be known so we can know that we know that we know? As the old saints would say, you want to know that you know that you know. Well, there's a couple things. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and a new life has begun, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. There are seven identities in Christ. Number one, you are a son, or I'll say a daughter in God's family. You are loved and valuable in God's sight. He says to you, you are the apple of my eye. I love you and have wonderful plans for your life, according to Jeremiah 29 and 11. I know the plans I have for you. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful. This is the New Living Translation. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share, if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Romans 8, 15 through 18. That's the New Living Translation. And so that's why we got to know we're going to go through persecution. We're going to go through being lied about. We're going to go through, is, is, is you, who, are, who are they? They say they, who are they? That's a child of God. You're going to go through some things, but you got to know who you are and whose you are. The reward is sonship. The reward is you become part of the body of Christ and co-heirs with Christ. Number two, you're a student. You're pursuing knowledge of God and of yourself, right? You study, you meditate, you obey God's word. It says study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey what is written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Joshua 1.8, that's the New Living Translation. It says only then will you prosper. So, yes, we could do some things and it could feel like we prospering, but do you have peace? See, prospering is comprised of several things. You have peace. Do you have understanding? Do you have insight? Do you have revelation? Do you have love? Do you have the joy? Do you have the wealth? 
Do you have the 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 gifts? Because gifts then comes with without repentance. But do you have the gifts with the anointing on your life that God can sustain you and that you are willing to give Him the glory? See, prospering in all things, and the reward is that you acquire divine wisdom. You walk in divine favor, and you start to become like your teacher Jesus Christ in your thinking, in your conversation, and in your conduct. In your thinking, in your conversation, and in your conduct. In your thinking, in your conversation, and in your conduct. You got to know who you are. You got to know. You're a servant in God's kingdom. You use your natural talents, your spiritual gifts, and acquired skills to serve others. It's not about me. It wasn't about me. Even in those jobs, I knew what God had did in my life at a young age. And every time I went to work, I was giving it to God. God, I thank you for this gift. I thank you for this ability. I thank you. People come to me and ask me, Jackie, I need you to come to my department and sit with me and show me what needs to get done. Walk through, look at my files. What can I do different? I thanked him for that. Because everyone wasn't, they didn't have that insight. They didn't have that ability. And now I see how it rests on my children, right? That ability. You are a solution to the problems in your family, in your church, and in your community. And now I thank God. I thank God for for the insight. He said, not only did I make you a solution to your church, to your family, but I'm also making you a solution to your community. You're faithful in doing what you're doing and what God has entrusted you with, according to Matthew 25 and 23. Whoever wants to be a leader amongst you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your servant. For even the son of God came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's Matthew 20, verses 26 through 28, New Living Translation. The the whole reward for this is, guess what? Lives get transformed through your service. And the reward is laid up for you in heaven. Who wouldn't want lives to be transformed? Through you serving. My God, I thank you for the opportunity, God, to serve. You become a steward who manages God's resources. You own nothing. You own nothing in this world. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to take nothing out. Your body, your time, your talents, your money, and your gifts belongs to God. And you use them for his honor and for his glory. You will continually have to do this. You'll give accountability on judgment day. And he'll, he'll, he, God is going to reward you according to your deeds. And that's Matthew 16, 27. Look it up. Then guess what? We're a soldier in the army of the Lord. You get the opportunity to fight God's battles in the spirit, according to Ephesians 6 and 12. God has given you and I power and authority over Satan and his demons. And with God in us and by our side, we don't have to be afraid of Satan or his people because he courageously fight the good fight of faith. See, he allows us to be used as his vessels and he allow us to fight this fight. So your task is to obey your commanding officer, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You're a saint chosen and set apart by God. That's your identity. 
You are the light and the salt of the earth. You have learned to put away the acts of sinful nature and to bear the fruit of the spirit, according to Galatians 5, 19 through 26 and Ephesians 1 through 4. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. First Peter, the first chapter, verses 14 through 15. And the reward is that you live a life of integrity. See, in heaven, the saints will be dressed in white and given a crown. You are a sojourner or pilgrim of the earth. Listen, I say that all the time. I am an, an ambassador of Christ. This is not my home. I knew that when I was about 16 years old and I was walk, I would walk to school and go to work and do certain things. And I always felt like, Lord, this ain't my home. And I never even heard the saint say it. I used to, I used to pray this and get in my room and be like, God, I don't belong here. This ain't my home. And the Lord allowed me to, to later in life to recognize, Jackie, you are an ambassador. I've set you here on this earth to carry out my assignment. And I want to tell you tonight, those that are listening and those that will listen, your citizenship and home is in heaven. You are an ambassador of God's kingdom who carries out his assignments on earth until the day he calls you home. And that's Second Corinthians 5 and 20. Listen, I want you guys to look these scriptures up. I want you to get in his word. I'm not going to keep always reading them. I want you to get in his word. Look and see what he says about you being ambassadors. Philippians 3, 20 and 21 says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. We are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. My God, we are representing God's kingdom. What an awesome identity to have. I am not only representing God, I'm representing his kingdom. So when I sit in the boardroom, I should be doing things in excellence. When I go into the, even if I'm a lawyer and I go into the courtroom, I should be the best, the best lawyer ever. If you are the doctor, you should be the best doctor ever. If you, if you are whatever you do, be the best at it. Why? Because you're representing the kingdom of God. You're representing the kingdom of God. And those are the things that we need to know about who had God has called us to be. He, he's given us an identity. He has given us an identity. We are, we are ambassadors of his kingdom. We are saints. We are set apart by God to live a holy life. Amen. We are stewards. We are to manage God's resources. It says, if you be faithful in a few things, I'll make you ruler over many but if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And that's Luke 16 and 10. So we got to remember to whom much is given, much is required. We are stewards. Then we are soldiers. We are representing God in this battle. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. 2 Timothy 2 and 4. The New Living Translation, right? I have a son in the Navy. He can't get caught up too much. Oh, mom, I would love to stay, but I got to get back to duty. 
he gotta he gotta fulfill his his entitled his assignment because he enlisted to say that I'm gonna obey these instructions. He didn't leave the same day he needed to to go back to work. He had to leave a couple days a little early. My brother-in-law, right? Navy officer, he can't leave. You see. So as soldiers in the army of the Lord, we don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian of life, the civilian life. When my leaders say, I need, I need the intercessors, I need different ones to, to show up, show up. And I'm talking to myself because we ain't perfect. We got to be on the, on the battlefield. Why? Because we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. We are servants in God's kingdom. We want to transform lives through our service. We shouldn't look at it like, oh, I'm just serving. This ain't a big deal. No, we want to transform lives, transform lives. Because guess what? God is allowing us to serve. Everybody don't even get the opportunity to serve. Then we are students pursuing God's knowledge. We're students constantly learning of his word, meditating in it day and night. Get one scripture and just meditate on it. Get it in your heart. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Get those things in your heart. God, you said you love me with an everlasting love. Father, you said you would never leave me nor forsake me. Because you will have some times, people of God, that you will fall short. You will have some times when you may mess up and you, you may sin. Yep, we sin unknowingly and knowingly, but we got to remember that God, you said you never leave me nor forsake me. So help me with this, Lord. Help me with this struggle. Help me to get back on point. Help me to understand your will for my life. Help me to know God that is greater in me, God, that if you are in me, you said I could do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Father, you said that I'm more than a conqueror, Lord. You sent Jesus to do the work, but I'm more than a conqueror. You got to know his word. And that becomes, that comes from being a student. Then you know that we are the sons of God. We are the sons and daughters of God. The reward is the sonship. Because what he say? You become part of the body of Christ and co-heir with Christ. Come on now. How better, how, how good can it get? And that's the type of God we serve. That's the type of God that is saying today, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come to me and let me show you your true identity. Stop going by what other people is telling you. Stop believing the lies of the enemy. Stop labeling yourself with, with, with these identities. Stop saying, uh, I, you know, they got all these letters behind people that are struggling with stuff. Stop and come to me and let me give you my identity. Take on my yoke. Because my burden is light. The world yoke is heavy. And he's saying, come to me today. And so as I end today, I want to encourage you that if you have not given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you have an opportunity to give your heart to God. And he can make something beautiful out of your life. He can walk you down this road for you to know who you are and whose you are. No longer will you ask the question of who am I? But you'll start to declare who I am. And so he wants to get you to know you today. And I implore you today to get to know him because he's not a respecter of person. And if he do it, did it for me, he could do it for you. Listen, 
You can say this prayer with me this evening. And once you've said this prayer, you have transferred over into the body of Christ. You will become a son of God, whether you are a woman or male, because what it is, is that you are a co-heir with Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Repeat these words after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you now for another opportunity that you have allowed me to come before your presence. I ask you now to forgive me for all of my sins. Forgive me for anything that I've done or anything that I've said that has brought shame to your holy name. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and he now lives in me. Thank you, Lord, that I am saved and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. And the angels of heaven are rejoicing for those that said that salvation prayer today. God has now wiped away all old things and all things have become new. And so now you want to walk in progressive salvation. If you are not in a Bible believing church, you want to pray and ask God to send you to a place where you could be taught of his word. That you could be taught the things that God wants you to know about who you are and your identity in him and why it's important to know it. Listen, I thank you, sisters and brothers, tonight for joining me for another podcast, an episode on the podcast. I thank you for being connected with me for all of 2021 and 2022. And we are now embarking on a new year. I thank God for what he will do this year in the podcast, through the podcast. And I want you to stay tuned as we will have some new updates going on here on the podcast. Listen, before we leave tonight, I want to say a word of prayer. And I want to ask you to share, like, and comment when you go on our Facebook page. I thank you all for always emailing me and sending me encouraging comments through Facebook. I was able to see some of those today. And I thank you. And I just want to say I'm grateful for a whole nother year. I'm glad that God has spared my life and your life for a whole nother year that we could be used for his glory. Listen, email me at kingdompower0916 if you have any prayer requests. And don't forget that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are to represent him at the most highest level that we can. And we are to do things in excellency as much as we know how. I thank you again for joining me. Let's pray before we leave tonight. And don't forget, stay connected with us in 2023. We're going to have some wonderful things take place. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now, God. We thank you for the word, God, that you allow for me, your vessel, to share with your people. Father, we pray right now, God, for those that are listening and those that will listen, that God, they will get something, have been enlightened, Lord God, through the word of God, through your word on tonight. Father, get your glory out of each and every person's lives. Father, let them know that they are an ambassador. This is not our home. 
home. But Father, our home is in heaven. Let them know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, God. Let them know that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, Lord. Let them know, Lord God, that there's nothing that you will withhold from them that walk upright, Father. Father, we thank you that your word declares that if anyone belongs to you, they are a new creature. All things are gone and all things have begun. Father, we thank you that your word declares in Romans 8 and 1 that there is no now no condemnation for those that belong in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for you rescuing us from the kingdom of darkness and transferring us to the kingdom of your dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins according to Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Father, we thank you that you said in Deuteronomy 7 and 6 in a new international version for you are a people holy to the lord your god the lord your god has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people his treasured possession the remnant and so tonight as we end on uh, this remnant podcast lord god give your people strength continue to bless your people with peace father we thank you that in all things that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us father we thank you that your word declares that you take delight in your people and father nor height nor death nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from your love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We thank you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Father. We don't take anything for granted. And so tonight we humbly say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to see another year, another year with all your blessings in store, with everything that we may encounter. We don't know, but we thank you that your grace and your mercy will rest heavy on your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, Remnant family, I thank you again for joining us. I love you all with the love of the Lord. Don't forget to stay connected. Email us at kingdompower0916 at gmail.com. Listen, be blessed and go in peace. Love you all.